pretty proud of myself. Remembered to light the candle today. Didn't do that at the last mass. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty important to have the candles lit. And, uh, you know, I'm patting my own self on the back. But look at this, we got four candles. Two of them are already lit. It's crazy. Christmas is gonna be here before we know it. So if you haven't had your presents already purchased and your ideas already figured out, look at that, the oil's burning. You better get going. You got a few more days, but it is crazy. It's crazy how quickly Advent goes. It's a fun time of the year. Uh, we have a lot going on, but we have such profound readings that the church gives us. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful time of year. Um, we begin the liturgical year a couple weeks ago, and at the end of the last year, we spend a few weeks talking about the end times. Start talking about you know, the separation of the goats and the lambs and the left and the right and those who will be saved and those who will not. And then we begin Advent, and again, we continue to talk about, like, hey, wake up. He's coming. We don't know when he's going to be here. And here we are again, talking about, like, hey, man, <laughs> tomorrow is not promised. Are you ready? Like a thief in the night, that second reading, some powerful words. But along with that, we get this interesting character, John the Baptist. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of easy to think about this guy, John the Baptist, uh, you know, he was baptizing people. It's pretty cute. You know, he's out there playing in the water. It was nice. Hanging out in the desert, you know, maybe having a, like a Mai Tai down in Arizona. I don't know what the desert's like. I've never been to a desert. That's not John the Baptist at all. This dude was certifiable. This guy was crazy. And it talks like the guy, the voice in the desert. This man went out lived in the desert. He ate bugs. Who does that? Lives on locusts. And we don't really have deserts around here. We don't know what it's like. Maybe some of you do. I certainly don't. When I think of you know, the wilderness, I think of the forests. You go out in nature. It's kind of nice. You see the squirrels running around, chipmunks. You maybe see a deer. It's fairly, you can find some berries. It's not that bad. We're talking about the desert. We're talking about the Middle East, a barren wasteland. So when you're living in Jerusalem, when you're living around the Sea of Galilee, you would talk like there's a guy living in the desert. Why would you do that? Why would you live out in the desert? There's no food. It's hot. Doesn't make any sense. It's kind of it's crazy. And this guy is saying like, hey, the Messiah is coming. You need to get your life together. He's on his way. Everyone's like, there's crazy John out in the desert. Like, what, what the heck? So what is this, this barren wasteland comparable to something we can think about? And I was praying about it this week, and I really think it's kind of technology and the internet and media. You know, think you meet someone, and John, for example, and John, he's like, I don't have a TV in my house. Like, it's kind of weird. You have a TV in your house. Why would, you, why would you not have that? I don't have a computer either. Yeah, that's, that's strange. Well, I don't even have like a smartphone. I'm not connected to the internet. I'm off, I'm off the grid. Maybe you should step away a little bit, man. What's your problem? Don't you want to learn things? 
a lot of entertainment, videos on the YouTubes. The heck, why would you not, why would you do that? Like, it's, that's, that's strange. We start to see what it would be like to hear that. It's the same thing. You know, these, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these people, they're living in their comfortable houses, you know, not like us. They have their amenities, though. They have their basic things taken care of, a roof over their head, some food. And here's John, this crazy guy out in the desert, saying, hey, the Lord is coming. And that would make you wake. Like, what is he talking about? Because we can get comfortable. Just like somebody who would be totally fine with being entertained every single day by whatever the world throws at you on the technology. But as soon as you take a step back, you spend some time in silence. You spend some time thinking your thoughts. That's when the whispers of the Holy Spirit start to, to take over. Right? Last week we were saying, wake up. It's time to wake up. Whatever you're doing in your life that's going on, and you're the status quo, your routine, let's shake it up. But now, now we take another step. And we say, not only do you need to wake up, because the Lord is coming, you need to recognize that you need to get your life together. You need to get your stuff together. You need to repent. Right off the bat, it's like, whoa. You tell me I'm a bad person. I didn't kill anybody, I'm fine. But John, in his craziness, this man in the desert is saying, no, you need to change your life. You need to wake up. And that's why a lot of people didn't like him. Ultimately, cost him his head, cost him his life. But he was setting the path for our Lord. And for us, brothers and sisters, that path is repentance. That path is recognizing like, you know what? Yeah, I am a sinner. And I do have some things in my life that I'm not proud of. And uh, yeah, I wish I hadn't done those things. And that's, that's, we're all there. That's all of us, right? But what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Do you just sit in your own despair and filth? No, you don't. Our Lord gives us confession. Our Lord gives us this opportunity for him to say, let me take that away from you. Let me lift your burdens. Let me show you a better way. Now we preach about confession a lot here. And you know what? You guys have responded. A lot of people go to confession in this parish. It's beautiful. It's something that we do. We hear confession pretty much every single day. We have for over a year. And the lines keep getting longer, which is a beautiful thing. But I know there's a lot of you out there who are like, yeah, nope, not for me. And you know what? Maybe it's too easy. Maybe the Lord should make it harder. To forgive your sins? Who does that? What? That's crazy. Maybe he should have made it cost $10,000. Maybe he should have had you do some, some great task in order to be worthy of the Lord's mercy. 
but he doesn't. It's a gift that is infinite and free, and he just says, just look at me. Just let me love you. Just let me pick you up. Let me show you a better way, because I created you for something more than this. It's like the Israelites who'd been bitten by the snakes in the desert, and the Lord told Moses, put a bronze serpent. Just look at it, and you will be healed. Right? It's like when I take the host before we receive our Lord, the creator in the universe, into our hearts, and I lift it above the chalice, I say, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. That's crazy. And it's free. And it's for you. Stop running from the mercy of God. Wake up. Repent. And let the Lord love you. Brothers and sisters, you have a choice. You have a choice today, this year, to either stay asleep and to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those who are just like, it's just crazy John, just out there in the desert doing crazy things. I'm just going to let my life stay the same. Or you can let the Lord change your life. And this Advent, allow that Holy Spirit, that grace, that life of God come into your heart and bring you closer to our Lord. It's your choice. You have to make it. It's up to you. But the Lord is waiting. He is patient. But tomorrow's not promised. So don't let the mercy of God wait another day.